brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. A mask for the president, no prison for stone. I'm Evan Haining. On a visit to Walter Reed Medical Center, President Trump wore a mask, the first time he's been seen publicly wearing the facial protection recommended by health officials as a precaution against spreading coronavirus. People close to the president have told the Associated Press that Trump feared wearing a mask would make him look weak. As he left, Trump defended his commutation of his friend Roger Stone's prison sentence. Roger Stone was treated horribly. Roger Stone was treated very unfairly. Roger Stone was brought into this witch hunt, this whole political witch hunt, and the Mueller uh, scam. It's a scam because it's been pr proven false. GOP Senator Mitt Romney condemned Trump's move, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the president's clemency order appalling and ridiculous. Well, Stone's daughter, Adria, recorded her father's reaction as he spoke to Trump by phone. All right, well, God bless you, Mr. President. Please give my regards to the First Lady. Many, many thanks. Yep, thank you. You got it, Rob. Well, that's it. You did it. <laughs> right. Florida's Walt Disney World has reopened after nearly four months. Correspondent Natasha Chen reports new rules are in place to help retard the spread of coronavirus. A lot of people are telling me, at least locals are telling me, they actually feel safer in the theme parks there versus the grocery stores in that area. And that's because there are serious new protocols. Today is the first public reopening. Of course, I'm hearing from someone in the parks right now that there are more people there today than there were during the last couple of days with annual pass holder previews. The U.N. Security Council has approved aid to Syria's mainly rebel-held northwest from Turkey through just one crossing point, a victory for Russia in cutting another crossing that aid groups have called critical. I'm Evan Haining. Have you wanted... is KCAA. Men, it's time to stay sharp. Now or anytime is the time to stay sharp. Have a holiday or a special event coming up. Maybe you just want to look good for that special someone. If staying sharp is important to you, then look good with the all-new Stay Sharp Barber Shop in Redlands. Get a precision blade cut or barber trim from the master barbers at Stay Sharp. It's clean, convenient, and cool. Watch sports on one of the many big screen TVs. Kick back with an adult beverage and a warm towel afterwards. Tapers, crop tops, gentlemen's cuts. 
faux hawks, skin fades, comb-overs, hot towel shaves, and hair design. Gentlemen, treat yourself to the special service at Stay Sharp. Walk-ins are welcome. Stay Sharp Barbershop at the Tri-City Center, just off Interstate 10 and the 215 between Alabama and Tennessee on the south side of the freeway. Call 909-272-2931. That's 909-272-2931 and stay sharp. Here's the legend of Mountain Mike's Pizza. There's a tale the early settlers tell that while panning for gold just below San Francisco near the Redwoods, a unique discovery was made. Not just gold in the ground, but the golden smell of Mountain Mike's Pizza and their fresh homemade pepperonis. A taste the 49ers from all over California couldn't pass up. It was pizza from the mountaintop, pizza the way it ought to be. Since 70 ought plus 8, Mountain Mike's has been dishing up pizza dough rolled fresh daily using real whole milk mozzarella with mouth watering delicious fresh ingredients including their legendary crisp curly pepperoni that makes their pizza sought after like the gold of the 1800s. Now Mountain Mike's has come to Redlands located at the Redlands Packing House District near Sprouts. Feed your family for the holidays at mountainmikespizza.com or 909-335-1133. That's 909-335-1133 and discover this pizza gold for yourself. Google Mountain Mike's Redlands. KCAA. Remodeling Plus reminds listeners that during these trying times, blood supply levels are critically low, making blood donations essential. Take the time to donate blood today. Visit redcross.org to find a location near you or call 1-800-RED-CROSS and schedule your donation today. This reminder from Remodeling Plus, providing the area with customized designs and expert craftsmanship since 1996. For all your remodeling needs, look to the kitchen remodeling specialist to get the job done right the first time. Call 909-800-0440. That's Remodeling Plus on the air because they care. TMK Industrial Fasteners reminds listeners that during these trying times, blood supply levels are critically low. Take the time to donate blood today. Visit redcross.org to find a location near you or call 1-800-RED-CROSS and schedule your donation today. This reminder from TMK Industrial Fasteners, Inland Empire's number one source for wholesale nuts and bolts. For every kind of fastener, including everything from concrete anchors to AVK fasteners, call 951-784-3002. That's TMK Industrial Fasteners on the air because they care. K-C-A-A Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recording. To the Batmobile. Are you watching Star Trek? We would be honored if you would join us. Please proceed with extreme caution. Now, Geek Universe, the weekly show on sci-fi and superheroes, fantasy and horror, and much more. Importing preferences and calibrating virtual environments. I bet my Wookiee. Are you insane? Here he is, the only talk show host who doesn't believe in the no-win scenario, your host for Geek Universe, Jim Yelton. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to a very special edition of Geek Universe. I am your host, Jim Yelton, and this week's show has been four years in the making. This is our fourth anniversary show. It's always fun when we get to the 4th of July weekend because it's a time for us to look back at another year of Geek Universe being in the books. Four years, it's and actually, it's been longer than that because uh, a, the previous year before Geek Universe kicked off, uh, we were doing the 30 Minutes of Geek podcast, which evolved into the Geek Universe radio program as it is today. So it's always kind of a double anniversary. It's it's an anniversary for the podcast launch, and then uh, a year later we started the Geek Universe radio program and started syndicating it around the country we really want to thank all the stations that are carrying Geek Universe. If you're listening to Geek Universe now and you've been a fan and you listen every week, make sure to reach out to your local radio station that's carrying the show and tell them that you uh, appreciate them bringing you Geek Universe each and every week as much as we do. The last four years have kind of flown by. All of the guests that we've had on, all the topics we've talked 
about all of the live shows that we've done around the country. Uh, it's always been great to get out there and meet people that have listened to the show and are fans of the show, have a chance to interact face-to-face with people, and we've got even more coming in the near future. So stay tuned for that. We will talk uh, later on in the show about some stuff that's coming up here for the rest of the summer. But in the meantime... We wanted to do something special. We've been counting down some of our favorite moments over the last few weeks, giving you our our top 10 favorite episodes or moments dug into the archives, and we are going all the way back this week to our very first episode of Geek Universe. When the Geek Universe radio program launched four years ago, it just happened to be the 40th anniversary of my favorite movie of all time, Jaws, And I was able to interview screenwriter Carl Gottlieb about it in what was probably one of the coolest days of my entire life because I saw Jaws in a theater for the first time since I first saw it 40 some odd years ago. And then uh, like two hours later, I was talking to Carl Gottlieb about his contributions to the script and working with Spielberg and the, the long shoot that they had at Martha's Vineyard. So this is a really cool show and uh, it was a great opportunity for me to be able to talk to Carl Gottlieb so we are going to go back in time we're going to jump in the Wayback Machine and bring you the very first episode of Geek Universe right here on the fourth anniversary of the show it's time to talk sci-fi and superheroes fantasy and horror it's time to talk movies tv books and games It's time to escape boring talk radio and Jenny through the wormhole into the geek universe. And now, the only radio talk show host to make the Kessel Run in less than 12 plus X. Your host for Geek Universe, Jim Yelton. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to the Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton, coming to you live on tape from Geek Universe headquarters, otherwise known as the Hall of Justice. And we want to thank Rachel, our robotic announcer, for that great introduction. Happy Fourth of July to everybody. I know that later on we're going to be celebrating like only we can here at Geek Universe. Also, later on in the show, we're going to get my two cents on a hot topic of the day. Not hot topic, the store, a hot topic news story. And this week, I actually, I'm going to be talking about yet another remake of a classic movie. And I know that the internet's been a buzz about this one, so we'll get into that later on as well. But before we get into all of that, it's, it's the 4th of July, it's the middle of summer, and summer, to me... And to all of you, always means one thing, and that's blockbuster movies. It's the blockbuster summer movie season, and this year is the 40th anniversary of what everybody considers the granddaddy of all summer blockbuster movies. It's my favorite movie. It's the best movie of all time. It's better than The Godfather. It's better than Gone with the Wind. It's better than Star Wars. It was Jaws. And, you know, my relationship with Jaws is 40 years old because my parents were deranged and they took me to the theater to see it when I was three years old. And you'll hear uh, later on in the show when we talk about it that I've actually only seen Jaws now twice in a movie theater and it's been 40 years apart. So that's how much of an effect it had on me that I couldn't go back into the theater to see it for 40 years. Uh, (laughs) But actually, this week to talk about Jaws, we were very honored on Father's Day weekend to have a conversation with Carl Gottlieb, who, of course, was the one of the screenwriters, he, and uh, he will get into what his role in the movie was, and, and not only did he play a part in the movie, he played Meadows, who was the newspaper man in Amity, but he also, you know, like I said, wrote it, and he had a lot of input into it from a very early part of the process, and he went all the way through it. He was there for the entire five months that they were shooting on the island, and we'll hear all about that. And when we started the conversation with Carl, we started talking about how Turner Classic Movies had screenings all around the country on Father's Day weekend to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Jaws. And I had actually just gotten back from a screening. I don't think I told you the last email I sent you, the the timing of this could not have been more perfect because I'm sure you know Turner Classic Movies had the screening today and Wednesday, I think it was. And so yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think they're doing the weekend like a, a, a nationwide multiple screen. Event yeah. Kind of screening. Yeah. So I just got home about an hour ago from seeing the movie. How did it play? And was it well attended? 
It it was well attended, and it, it actually it was funny because my wife went with me, and I, we were kind of joking. I actually put it on Facebook. I said, as much as I've seen yeah. this movie, I've only seen it once in a theater, and so this will be the second time in a forty year period that I've actually seen it on a big screen. So it it was a really really good screening of it. it it looked really good and it, it played well for the crowd too that, that was the other thing i was interested in because obviously you know seeing it at home it's nice to watch it but it's much more fun to see it with a crowd of people oh i know i i when i do these things occasionally i'll i'll do it in connection i'll do a uh, a screening with an audience and then do a q a afterwards or before yeah and I love watching it with an audience in a theater because it's like just an audience-pleasing machine. It really is. And, you know, as much as it scared the crap out of me seeing it in a, a movie theater when I was three years old, you know, I think that's one of the things that I grew to love about it was that it, it had, like, all of those elements that were a real crowd-pleasing kind of a movie. Okay, so I know that we, in our email discussion, you've been very gracious that you don't mind talking about the, the fish movie. Let me start off by asking you, obviously, you know, so much has been written up Jaws over the last 40 years, and, and I think a lot of it had to do with how troubled the production was from the get-go, but let's go back even before that. Do you remember when the book came out, and did did you have experience reading the book before you even got involved with the movie? No, no, I was, uh, I, once, once, I, once Stephen uh, sent me the script, with the, which was the a combination of Peter Benchley's first draft of the screenplay plus a subsequent draft that was written by a screenwriter named Howard Sackler, good playwright and screenwriter who, you know, kind of took, eventually was not a screenwriter. He was a novelist. And even there, he wasn't an accomplished novelist, although he got better over time. But, you know, Jaws was his first novel, so he wrote a screenplay that was very faithful to the book, and that wasn't any good. So Zanuck and Brown hired Howard Sackler. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. He did a rewrite that brought up to professional screenplay standards, and he included the Indianapolis speech from his own experience as a sailor and a Navy man. He was familiar with that incident. And uh, that was a script I saw. And then when Stephen asked me to take a look at it in terms of, you know, critiquing it or, you know, suggesting rewrites. I did that, and then I read the novel just to see what we were all talking about. So that's when I read the novel. It had already been out for a while. It was a big summer read in 74, 73. Yeah. So let me make sure that I've got the time frame in my head correctly. So you were brought in first as a as a writer on the project? or Has no, Spielberg been I, talking to you about playing Meadows already? We were talking about playing Menos. See, Spielberg and I were friends. I acted yeah. in two of his TV movies. We socialized. I was kind of, you know, I had been in Hollywood for, what, five, six or seven years. He was new in town. We had the same agent who put us, you know, teamed us together as a writer-director partnership. We came up, you know, we came up with story ideas. You know, we were, you know, functioning didn't sell anything because Stephen would be locked in as director and nobody would buy a project from us with the director locked in. Right. Um, so so, uh, so I, he, he said, you know, why don't you know, 
why don't you look through the script, find a part you could play to, so you'll be on location. We can work, you know, with the extras. You can improvise because he knew I was, kind of, you know, kind of an improvisational actor. Well, it, wrote, that's the the question I was going to ask because I, in casting you in any part. <laughs> That's the bonus of it, is that you get somebody who has a, a really good, strong writing background, too. So if, if you do need somebody to kind of pick their brain and say, okay, we, we need to punch this up a little bit. I mean, he had to have known that that was one of the good benefits of having you on set. No, absolutely. I was, that, was, that was quite, quite understood. Uh, so I, you know, like I, read, I read for the executive, whoever the casting director was at Universal, and he approved me for the part. So I got the part of Meadows, and, you know, and then I got this call that's described in the book, you know, on a, on a Sunday morning, can you come out and meet with Zanuck and Brown? We're at the Bel Air Hotel talking about the movie. We start shooting in a couple of weeks. So I went out just to talk about the movie. He had shown them my memo. I had written a long memo about the, uh, about the picture. And uh, it, it, what started out in Bagels and Locks turned into a like six-hour conversation. And the next day they offered me a rewrite job. So I quit my, my day job, which was story editor of The Odd Couple, you know, the ABC series with Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, and got on a plane with Stephen and flew to Boston. And we lived together for the next five months, four months, making a movie, me writing at night or in writing during the day if I wasn't acting on the set uh, on that day. Stay tuned. We have more of our very first Geek Universe episode from four years ago. It's our fourth anniversary, and we're looking back at that very first episode with Jaws screenwriter Carl Gottlieb. I'm Jim Yelton, and you're listening to Geek Universe. Hey, this is Jonathan Frakes, and you're listening to Geek Universe. Attention, the year is 2219. Humanity has found a mysterious artifact in space called the Bifrost Station. It is a gateway to another star system. A fleet with dozens of civilian and military ships is prepared to transport 30,000 colonists on the next step of human exploration. The outbound Hope mission and its flagship, the Ascendant Dawn, is in need of a crew. Are you ready to sign up for the adventure of a lifetime? Outbound Hope is three days of live action, science fiction, role-playing adventure where you are one of the stars as a crew member of the Ascendant Dawn or one of its sister ships. The best part is this event takes place on an actual decommissioned naval destroyer, the USS Edson, located in Bay City, Michigan. Outbound Hope gives you the choice of signing up for one of two event weekends in November, and you have multiple character options to choose from. Join the crew and explore the stars during the Outbound Hope live action role-playing event coming up this fall. Find out more information or register online at Outbound Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up. Just like that. Giving up on what? On getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right. Which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Just what you've been waiting for. Oh, goody! My Illudium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator. Nope. It's more of Geek Universe with your host, Jim Yelton. Welcome back to Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton. And we are celebrating our fourth anniversary this week by bringing you the very first episode of Geek Universe. 
Four years ago, we were celebrating the 40th anniversary of Jaws, my favorite movie of all time, and we were honored to have Jaws screenwriter Carl Gottlieb join us to talk about the movie, his role in it. Not only did he perform screenwriting duties on this, but he also played a key role in the cast as he played the role of Meadows, the town's uh, newspaper man, and uh, you see him quite a bit in the early Amity scenes in the movie, both at the uh, the council chamber scene, uh, also some of the stuff on the docks, and the early scene on the ferry where the city council is talking to Brody about closing the beaches down. Uh, so he's in quite a bit of the movie and very recognizable, and it was a great pleasure to talk with him about Jaws. So let's get right back into it. We're jumping back in the Wayback Machine and turning back the clock four years to bring you the very first episode of Geek Universe for our fourth anniversary. Welcome back to Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton, and we are talking this week with somebody who, unbeknownst to him, has had a huge impact on my life for the last 40 years. He's Carl Gottlieb, the screenwriter of Jaws, which is obviously celebrating its 40th anniversary this summer, as the first true Hollywood blockbuster of the summer. And it was really cool to be able to talk to Carl for a number of reasons, but mostly because of what we're about ready to talk about. Because we talked about what I consider one of the best opening 10 minutes of a movie ever. It's kind of like the missing piece of the secret sauce is that in the first 10 minutes of Jaws, we start to care about these characters and we start to figure out what's going on right off the bat. And there's not a whole lot of time spent developing things. I'm just gushing about it now. So we're just going to get back to the conversation with Carl. But but before we talk about those first 10 minutes, Carl mentioned that he wrote a memo for Steven Spielberg about the first couple of drafts, the one that was written by Benchley based off of his novel, and then they brought Howard Sackler in, and he got a chance to look at those. I wonder if he still has the memo. Now, you, t- you talked about that you wrote a memo with your impressions of the, the drafts up to that point. What, what were your initial thoughts when you read the, the there scripts were, there you were working I, with? I haven't, you know, I should exhume that memo. It's somewhere <laughs> in my papers. But uh, what, what uh, I remember two, two points. I, I was... I was totally wrong on one point. I was incredibly right on the other. In my first reaction, I said, gee, does the pretty naked girl have to die? Is so much like a slasher movie. You know, you have sex, you die. You know, it's like a, a moral code left over from 30s Hollywood. And, of course, she does die spectacularly in a way that gets the movie rolling kind of an unstoppable fact. So, you know, I was completely wrong on that. And the other thing I said was, you know, if we do our jobs right, people will feel about swimming in the ocean the way they felt about taking a shower after Psycho. Yeah, and, and, a little bit right about that one. <laughs> and and that's the comment I've gotten for 40 years from everybody who meets me. who says, oh, you wrote Jaws. Boy, you know, after I saw that movie, I didn't go in the water. And I can't say I know, I know, because I've heard that, you know, 10,000 times. But, you know. I, I can't tell people that I don't go in the ocean because I have gone in the ocean, but my okay. wife is. Okay. You, but you're afraid of sharks. You, you know, you're terrified of Jaws ever since you were three years old. And I said, yeah, but when I go in the ocean, I just make sure there are as many people between me and the rest of the ocean as I can make. And I just keep a lookout. A friend of mine who's a comedian says, I don't know why everybody's worried. If you're in the ocean and you hear the music, get out. <laughs> right, right. Well, John Williams made it real easy. I don't know if I mentioned this in any of the emails that we exchange, but one of the various jobs that I have is I teach screenwriting. And every screenwriting class I teach, I show the first 10 minutes of Jaws. And it's almost one whole class session where we just break down that first 10 minutes because that's like a master class in storytelling and setting up character and and plot. And so you should be proud of the fact that I tell my class that Jaws was the greatest movie ever made. It's better than The Godfather, and it's better than Gone with the Wind, because that 10 minutes is the best opening 10 minutes of any movie that I've seen as far as getting information across to people. Interesting you should say that, because when I teach screenwriting, I emphasize to the class that the two hardest parts of screenwriting are exposition and dialogue. Everything else, you know, a novel, a, a, a journeyman novelist can do, a journalist can do. I mean, some of the great screenwriters in the history of movies were newspaper writers, you know, newspaper men, Hector and MacArthur, to be specific. And 
And uh, it's really hard to do exposition. And I point, I, you know, I point to my own work in Jaws. And I say, here's, you know, here's a whole bunch of things. Now, and I was thinking about the, this morning, independently of this conversation. Um, in the first 10 minutes, does he get to the office? I, you know, I do. I think he does because in my lesson, the first plan, was, we do the opening the scene, obviously, and then there's the conversation between Brody and his wife when they wake up in the morning, and he does get to the office right because I, I do think the 10, 11 minute mark is getting fairly close to the introduction of Mayor Vaughn, which is like a turning point moment for me when I teach it. So, uh, right. yeah, so okay. I think he's already at the office, yeah. Okay, so the moment with Polly is in there, that that elderly lady who plays. I'm, yeah, the, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm glad because that that is a, another element of Spielberg's genius is the because somebody a, a British journalist asked me this morning, you know, what did I think? Why did it become such a tremendous hit? I mean, you know, in hindsight, and and I don't want to repeat that answer. But part of it was uh, there's an authenticity to the actors, not just like the New York actors and the real actors. Oh yeah. But all the all the supporting players, most of whom were local. And Polly was a local. And she's um, if if she were an artist, her style would be described as naive. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're right, because everybody all the all of the kind of peripheral characters. I, yeah. I know that you cast most of them on location, yep. but they Some came out of us as, as not just real for that town, but they're all very real three-dimensional characters. Yeah, absolutely. So, Polly, so now in the, in the first ten minutes of the film, you get, of course, Seaside Resort. You get summer, summer kids having fun. You have horrible death. You have the shark's POV. You know, one of the one of the, the main antagonists to get the antagonist's point of view, swimming through the ocean. Then you get the wake up scene in the morning with the radio talking about the regatta and with the New England accent, and you get the background of the characters and the family man relationship. The the little touch I love is when the phone rings and you mix it up and it's the wrong phone. It's the wrong phone. I point that out. Nobody that I have shown that to ever picks up on that. Right, because of the, the, the now you're thinking to yourself, you don't know he's a cop yet. Right, you know you don't know he's a police chief. You go, well, who is it? Why does this guy have two phones in his house? Because in those days it was, you know, most people had one landline. It was, you know, maybe if you were a business person, you also had a fax line. Right, or which you had two lines. But you know, the, the in those days people had one phone, especially on the video. So two phones, you know, that makes him interesting. Now then he then we see he's a cop. He gets in his Jeep and he drives to the office, past the lighthouse, goes, you know, we get more of a sense of place. Then he comes to the office and Polly talks to him and you realize and there's a real authenticity to that her performance in that scene. You you, you go, All right, we are here in small town USA, this is amazing. Okay, so um so there so there's a an authenticity of place and character that really, you know, immerses you in amity. And that's a very important to have a set place to be to be drawn into the story. Now you care about what happens to everybody on screen because they're all real people. That's Carl Gottlieb. He is the screenwriter of Jaws, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this summer. I'm Jim Yelton, the host of Geek Universe, and we'll be back with more of my conversation with Carl in just a minute. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But something else Jaws related, for those of you who haven't seen it, if you're a fan of the TED conferences and some of the talks that people have given at those conferences, if you haven't seen J.J. Abrams and his talk that he gave several years ago, it's well worth going and finding it on YouTube or going to the TED website and finding it because not only does he talk about the mystery box and he talks about his creative energy and what he brings to a project but he talks about loss and he talks about mission impossible and some of the other stuff that he's worked on over the years he also brings up that jaws is one of his favorite movies and when i was watching his talk i remember thinking to myself well that's something else that jj abrams and i have in common but he brings up his favorite scene in the movie which also is my favorite scene of the movie and it's the dinner scene about halfway through the movie between Chief Brody and his youngest son Sean where Sean is sitting at the dinner table with his dad and he's mimicking him at the table and it's just it's a cute little family father-son moment but it also kind of showcases what Carl and I were talking about as far as how well-rounded the characters were and how three-dimensional they made all of these people because even the minor characters there's something going on in scenes where they kind of shorthand information to you but they also shorthand a lot of character moments to you and it's just one of the things that I've loved about Jaws. So when we come back, Carl and I are going to be talking about the great Robert Shaw and his portrayal of Quint. We're also going to get into all of the other contributors that made Jaws such a great movie. So stay tuned. You're listening to Geek Universe. Attention, the year is 2219. Humanity has found a mysterious artifact in space called the Bifrost Station. It is a gateway to another star system. A fleet with dozens of civilian and military ships is prepared to transport 30,000 colonists on the next step of human exploration. The outbound Hope mission and its flagship, the Ascendant Dawn, is in need of a crew. Are you ready to sign up for the adventure of a lifetime? Outbound Hope is three days of live-action science fiction role-playing adventure where you are one of the stars as a crew member of the Ascendant Dawn or one of its sister ships. The best part is this event takes place on an actual decommissioned naval destroyer, the USS Edson, located in Bay City, Michigan. Outbound Hope gives you the choice of signing up for one of two event weekends in November, and you have multiple character options to choose from. Join the crew and explore the stars during the Outbound Hope live-action role-playing event coming up this fall. Find out more information or register online at Outbound Outboundhope.com. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up. Just like that. Giving up on what? On getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right. Which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. T. L. Gray Hot. There's nothing hotter than Geek Universe. Once again, here's your host, Jim Yelton. So 
Welcome back to Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton, and we are celebrating our fourth anniversary this week by bringing you our very first episode of Geek Universe from four years ago. Our very special guest that week was Jaws screenwriter Carl Gottlieb, and we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right back into the conversation from four years ago with episode one of Geek Universe. Well, we hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Geek Universe as we continue our discussion with Jaws screenwriter Carl Gottlieb. And you know, one of the things we haven't touched on yet talking to Carl is Robert Shaw. Quint is one of the all-time great characters in movie history, and he has one of the best introductions of any character in movie history. His opening to the monologue is, you all know me. Yeah. And... As an audience member, I don't know who he is. He's this is the first time I've seen him, practically, yeah. and he's relying on the fact that everybody in the town knows who he is, and he doesn't have to explain things. Interestingly and, enough, on the Blu-ray, which is the first time they've included outtakes, one of the few scenes that didn't did not make it into the movie that was shot. Most everything that was shot is in the movie. There's very little that was shot that isn't in the movie. Except there was a scene in the uh, hardware store where yes. a kid is playing the clarinet and Quint comes in to buy some piano wire, you know, you know, kind of menacing. And this kid is playing clarinet and Quint just stares at him and the kid kind of freezes up and honks on a clarinet instead of playing. I I but, love that. If if nobody's seen that deleted scene on the Blu-ray, it's worth getting the Blu-ray for because you know he he's enjoying the moment. Of other yeah. people being foolish. Yep. In fact, it was one of the things that I picked up on watching it today in the theater was there's a couple of just real quick reaction sh shots as all of the crazy people have come to town to try and collect the reward. And the harbor's filling up with boats and people getting ready to go out and kill the shark. And there's just a couple of quick reaction shots of the orca kind of drifting by, and, and you see Quinn up on the, the bridge, and he's just kind of looking and smiling. And it's just great because you know he's just like, oh, you people are stupid. Yeah. Well, everybody knows all of the problems that went on. Now, when, when you said earlier in the conversation that when Steven Spielberg drafted you into this and, and you went off to Martha's Vineyard for five months, you didn't know at the beginning that it was going to be five months. How did you think you were going to be there? Well, my contract was for a, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't literal, but my actual contract was, uh, I, I got a guarantee of one week for writers <laughs> For Writers Guild's Gale to do right. a dialogue to do a dialogue polish, that was my my contract, and that turned into this extensive rewrite that just kept going on until uh, you know uh, until we were done. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, working on a movie, and you hear this all the time that there's rewrites on the set, and you know, there's things that just aren't working beyond technical issues. I mean, you know, everybody has story issues and actors are coming up with things and, and the directors fine tuning things throughout the process. But obviously Jaws was encumbered with all of the massive technical problems it had too. Everybody knows that the shark was a problem, but how many changes did you actually, as the writer, have to make to the script because of the shark problems? Well, we had to create New scenes, uh, Charlie and Den Herder, the two guys with the roast. I don't think that's in a previous draft, though I, I could be wrong. I have, you know, I haven't studied this film as closely as everyone else. Right. Has. <laughs> uh, so I, I am kind of, you know, not, not completely equipped to, to give you a, an analysis like that. I, you know, everything need to be tightened. Everything. Because the love affair was between Hooper and Brody, uh, between Ellen Brody and, and Hooper, was still in the script when we started filming. Really? Uh, and it was clear from, you know, first day of shooting that this would probably have to go because, first of all, you know, it's just improbable given the characters and the on-screen personas of the actors. I mean, you know, Ellen Brody was such a nice person, she would never cheat on her husband. 
you know, and there was none of that frustration that was in the novel with, with her. And Hooper was played by Richard Dreyfus, who was a far cry from the big suntanned Hulk that was, uh, you know, envisioned by Benchley, who was more like Jan Michael Vincent or the young, uh, uh, John Boyd, who, you know, were actually being bandied about as casting choices before, right, before we started rewriting. Well, and that's one of the things that happens in every movie, and it, you kind of think that sometimes, times that sometimes movies end up with the cast that they were meant to have. Like when, when you think about all of the various people who were either being considered or actually up for those three main parts in Jaws, it would have been a completely different movie. And it, it's almost, you know, fate that Roy Schneider and Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus ended up in this movie. Oh, it's, it's a total, you know, I mean, uh, when we, when I started on the movie, which was like two and a half weeks or, 20 days before start of principal photography, uh, all we had was Scheider. We didn't have Dreyfus. We didn't have Shaw. There were offers going out all over the place. I suggested Sterling Hayden, who would have been great. Yeah. Sterling Hayden, character from Dr. Strangelove, that Sterling Hayden. The, the, the Captain McCluskey Sterling Hayden, the godfather. And he's the only actor in the world who might have been better than Shaw. Because Sterling Hayden, I, I knew him. Sterling was a, uh, as a young man, ran away to sea and was in fact a dory fisherman on the Grand Bank and became a movie star because he piloted a schooner from Tahiti to Boston with a crew of four Polynesians and himself as skipper and brought her around Cape Horn. It was a, you know, amazing feat of seamanship. So he got his picture in the paper and a local. Paramount executives saw him and got him a screen test, and the next thing you know, he was making movies. 1939, 1940. But he had real background and a love of the sea and a love of working ships. He hated pleasure boats and yachts. He only liked working ships. And wrote a great novel about it called Voyage. Anyway, so Sterling, but Sterling had tax problems and couldn't do a picture for a salary because the IRS would have seized it. So, uh, Zanuck and Brown, out of desperation, went to Shaw, who they had worked with on The Sting, and they knew he was a good actor, and they said, you know, please, can you do the picture? We'll pay you a lot of money. So he said, okay. Dreyfus had turned the script down. He had been offered it early because <clears throat> he was a new, hot, young actor. But I knew him personally. We were friends. He, was an improv- he had an improvisational company in Los Angeles. He looked in. So, you know, I... I tracked him down, or my, my wife tracked him down, called me in Boston and said, you're in luck, Ricky's in New York. I said, well, Greg, give me the number. And I called him. I said, you got to come up and meet with Stephen. He said, no, I passed on that script. I said, no, no, we're rewriting. It's going to be all different. The part is great for you, please. So he came up to Boston for the day, <clears throat> walked in the door wearing those rimless glasses, a scruffy, scruffy beard, and a watch cap, and looking like Cooper in the movie and Stephen said, oh my god, don't change the thing. You know, <laughs> you're perfect. And then we talked him into doing it. But it was, that all happened, that all just fell together. I'm your host, Jim Yelton. You're listening to Geek Universe and we've jumped in the Wayback Machine to celebrate our fourth anniversary this week by bringing you the very first episode of Geek Universe give you a little inside baseball peek behind the curtain we were doing the 30 minutes of geek podcast and we were in the process of ramping up to syndicate the podcast and expand it into an hour-long syndicated talk show for radio and i literally had the interview with carl gottlieb booked on a sunday and was called the very next day on monday and asked if we were going to have geek universe ready to launch the following week and and it was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. No, there was a lot of pieces to the puzzle that we were still working on as far as intros and bumper music and things like that. And so we were able to get an extension, but it really worked out because I love having the 4th of July holiday as our anniversary weekend. It's an easy thing to keep in mind. It's the summer blockbuster movie season, so it always seems to work out that we're talking about really cool stuff around our anniversary weekend, and uh, it was fun to be able to 
go into the archives and bring you the first episode of Geek Universe for our fourth anniversary. Stay tuned. We've got more with Carl Gottlieb from four years ago. It's the uh, birthday edition of Geek Universe. We'll be back right after this. Attention, the year is 2219. Humanity has found a mysterious artifact in space called the Bifrost Station. It is a gateway to another star system. A fleet with dozens of civilian and military ships is prepared to transport 30,000 colonists on the next step of human exploration. The outbound Hope mission and its flagship, the Ascendant Dawn, is in need of a crew. Are you ready to sign up for the adventure of a lifetime? Outbound Hope is three days of live action, science fiction, role-playing adventure where you are one of the stars as a crew member of the Ascendant Dawn or one of its sister ships. The best part is this event takes place on an actual decommissioned naval destroyer, the USS Edson, located in Bay City, Michigan. Outbound Hope gives you the choice of signing up for one of two event weekends in November, and you have multiple character options to choose from. Join the crew and explore the stars during the Outbound Hope live action role-playing event coming up this fall. Find out more information or register online at Outbound outboundhope.com. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me, we are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. If you think the Kobayashi Maru isn't a Japanese steakhouse, you're in the right place. Geek Universe with your host, Jim Yelton. Welcome back for our closing segment here on this week's episode of Geek Universe. Thanks for joining us to celebrate our fourth anniversary here, bringing you everything that you love about pop culture here each and every week on geek universe we hope that you've enjoyed everything that we've brought to you over the last four years and that you enjoy what we have coming up here in the near future including lots more live appearances we are going to be coming back to topeka kansas for top con as well as st louis missouri for our con in the fall we've got a number of appearances at the st louis science center lined up to talk about things like star trek and stranger things and everything great about the 90s lots of really cool events coming up make sure to stay tuned to our facebook page facebook.com slash geek universe show to stay on top of all of our appearances and what we've got coming up and stay tuned for the end of the show here after we wrap up our conversation with carl gottlieb from our very first episode of the show it's our chance every year in our anniversary show to celebrate the fourth of july and independence day the only way that we could in the geek universe with a very special surprise so stay tuned for that before the end of the show here in just a few minutes in the meantime let's get back to the first episode and our interview with carl gottlieb from four years ago right here on geek universe welcome back to geek universe i'm your host jim yelton and we're going to wrap things up with our special guest this week, Jaws screenwriter Carl Gottlieb. And, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about yet with Carl is how amazing the crew was on this movie. I mean, 40 years ago, Steven Spielberg was virtually nobody. I mean, he had done several TV movies. He had done a lot of episodic television work. He had one feature under his belt, and then he did Jaws. And, you know, when you look at it and you say, well, obviously this is a great movie because Spielberg directed it but at the time nobody knew Spielberg he had a lot of help from Verna Fields as the editor and Bill Butler the director of photography and obviously he started a career-long 
collaboration with John Williams with Jaws. And we really didn't even talk about John Williams that much in this episode. But I love this score from John Williams. And it's probably one of my top three favorite film scores of all time. And I am a huge movie music buff. And so, and it's and it's not even the Jaws theme itself that I love about John Williams score. It's some of the quieter stuff that I just find amazing with the work he did with this movie but we're going to go back to our conversation with carl and we'll talk about all of those people that helped make jaws such a great movie this movie seems like it's the the most collaborative effort into a a huge great movie that i can think of when people think of the godfather they think of the great cast and they think of coppola you know when they think of gone with the wind they think of the great cast they think of the sweeping vistas when i think of jaws i think of it in different terms depending on what my mood is i mean there's times where i think about the great cast there's times where i think about the great script the john williams score and then i think about things like all through the screening today i kept thinking this is one of the best edited movies that i can ever think of and verna fields did a tremendously great job on this Yes, she did. And Bill Bill Butler shot this movie. I was amazed. And, again, you know, I said that it's been 40 years since I've seen this on a big screen. And, you know, my three-year-old memory is not as good as my memory of watching it on TV last week. But it was beautifully shot. When you saw it the first time, did, did you have expectations going into it? Or after the horrendously long five months shoot and all of the the problems that you think well if they're able to salvage something out of this that's the that's the victory first of all you know i i saw the dailies every day during the time i was on the vineyard which was essentially all the dialogue scenes so i had seen the movie come together and i had seen it in in rough cut and fine cut in looping adr scoring so you know i i knew it looked great you know that, that I could, you could you could just see that, and of course, and the editing was you know Stephen and Berna together. You know, it was inc- it was an incredible collaboration. I, to this day, it's the happiest film collaboration of my life. Uh, it was just every everybody worked together. There were not a whole lot of egos involved. Everybody was interested in getting the job done. That goes for Bloodline too. The art department, Joe Alves, the production designer, did an incredible job. And, you know, supervising the shark and then the guys who built the shark, Bob Maddy. I mean, everybody put their egos behind them and just worked on doing the movie. If for no other reason to get off the island and go home. And you know this from, from things that you did in your career after Jaws. You know, one of the things that I love about it is knowing the mechanical and technical problems that they had with the shark. I don't know that there's a bad shot of the shark in the movie. Only I mean, I'm, one. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of bad shots of it that were on the yeah, cutting yeah. room floor, but Only as one. far as, you know, the way that they cut it together, the shark's great in there's, the final cut. I, there's only one problematic shot that could have been cured with if CGI had existed in those days, but then CGI would have been used to do all the shark shots right. and we would have had Deep Blue Sea. Uh, or what is it? There's another one that had a lot of sharks in it. Um, anyway, uh, and it's interesting because when I show this film to film students or anybody who's least bit knowledgeable about movies, introduce the film, I point out, I said, now in 1974, when this picture was shot, there was no CGI, there was limited green screen or blue screen, Chroma key in television. If you see it on the screen, it was li- you know it was it, 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 it was real. It was live. It existed. It was shot in real time. And the audience applauds because they love that about yeah. the movie. And the shark looks great in every shot, except the one in this. It's, it's the climactic when he lunges up onto the back of the boat. And I it, know you and. And Mr. Spielberg have both talked about this at length over the years, that once you get to that point, once you get to the shark cage, that if you've got the audience at that point, then the roller coaster is almost over. So you can pretty much do whatever you want at that point. And they're going to they're going to buy it because you've gotten them that far. Hey, 
happy 4th of July to all of you out there in the geek universe. I'm glad you're spending part of your 4th of July weekend with us here. And you know, when I think about the 4th of July and I think about Independence Day, I don't think about barbecues, I don't think about fireworks, but it does remind me of my favorite president of all time. You know, you can have your Abraham Lincoln who freed the slaves and got us through a civil war. You can have your George Washington, founder of our country. You can have your Kennedy. You can have your Obamas. My favorite president of all time is none other than President Thomas J. Whitmore, because I'm sorry, the guy saved us from an alien invasion. So when it comes to the 4th of July, I always like to think about this. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. You've been listening to another exciting episode of Geek Universe with Jimmy Elton. Find out more about every corner of the Geek Universe including previous episodes, dates for our live appearances, and theme merchandise including Trivia Thunderdome t-shirts from Jim's book, The Swindlers of Doom, at GeekUniverseShow.com. You can also find Geek Universe with Jim Yelton at facebook.com slash 30 minutes of geek or on Twitter using the Twitter handle at 30 minutes of geek. Geek Universe with Jim Yelton is a production of Midnight Entertainment LLC. This episode is copyright 2017 or rights reserved. Well, kids, that's all you get. That's it! Read a book! Attention, the year is 2219. Humanity has found a mysterious artifact in space called the Bifrost Station. It is a gateway to another star system. A fleet with dozens of civilian and military ships is prepared to transport 30,000 colonists on the next step of human exploration. The outbound Hope mission and its flagship, the Ascendant Dawn, is in need of a crew. Are you ready to sign up for the adventure of a lifetime? Outbound Hope is three days of live action, science fiction, role-playing adventure where you are one of the stars as a crew member of the Ascendant Dawn or one of its sister ships. The best part is this event takes place on an actual decommissioned naval destroyer, the USS Edson located in Bay City, Michigan. Outbound Hope gives you the choice of signing up for one of two event weekends in November, and you have multiple character options to choose from. Join the crew and explore the stars during the Outbound Hope live-action role-playing event coming up this fall. Find out more information or register online at outboundhope.com. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? On getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me, we are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. 
Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292 FQ Riverside, and K2... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.